Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group on Air, a joint podcast by RTNS, Railway Age, and IRJ Magazines. I am your host, Bill Wilson. I am the editor-in-chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group on Air. That was the sound of a Norfolk Southern Rail Bridge crashing into the Grand River in Brunswick, Missouri. It happened on a Tuesday, October 1st. A surge of drift came down the Grand River and built up on the piers. Crews tried to move the drift to relieve pressure on the rail bridge. It was a battle with Mother Nature. The bridge continued to move out of line. The battle went on for more than 12 hours, and Mother Nature was the victor. Norfolk Southern was forced to cut the bridge, but what followed in the days after the takedown was nothing short of an engineering marvel. Ed Boyle, Vice President of Engineering with Norfolk Southern, watched it all go down. How are you doing today, Ed? Doing great, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. So tell me, what were you doing to fight the surge before you decided to cut the bridge? We had cranes out there trying to move the drift across. And the drift, I'm sure you saw the video, with just massive trees that, that washed down the river and impacted the bridge. And the water level, the water was up about what, 20 feet at that point. So, what did you guys use to cut the bridge? Well, we just cut the rail. So, we torch-cut the rail on both ends, close to the piers. And when we cut the rail, the the weight of the drift and the weight of the the water and the drift is what took took the bridge out. It took the spans and piers and everything. That's all we do is cut the rail, and we did that to make sure we didn't lose any more of the bridge that we were already going to lose. We, at, at that stage of the game, it was recognized that we had to save as much as we could. So how important is this bridge for your operations there at Norfolk Southern? It is a critical bridge. It's a single-track segment that runs our, on one of our core routes to Kansas City. That is our that is our only route to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and there are numerous customers along that route. It was extremely critical. We got it restored as quickly as possible. So after you cut that middle portion of the bridge, can you talk about the sequence of events that took place after that to get this bridge up and running again? Yes. Yeah, so the bridge the bridge was cut. The bridge was gone on the night of Tuesday, October the first. So the first thing is we didn't know we did not know if the piers were left. You know, the water level was, was extremely high. Mm-hmm. 
So our first our first mode was to start identifying and contacting you know, contractors and suppliers that we work with to start getting a plan in place to get this bridge restored as quickly as possible. So the sequence was, number one, determine what we were up against. So we had to get design engineering firm, and we utilized Hanson Engineering. We defined someone to assist us with the construction of the bridge and got a hold of Massman Construction out of St. Louis. We needed to know what, what we were dealing with from the riverbed standpoint once the water, you know, once this surge of drift got through and it had Marine Solutions out of Kentucky come in with the sonar and underwater equipment. That was step one, was to mobilize to figure out what, what, our, what our plan of attack was going to be. And all this was transpiring on Wednesday, Wednesday, October the 2nd, getting everyone contacted, notified, mobilized, and, and starting to get plans in motion on, on how we were going to restore this. So basically, I don't know if you heard, but you know, the, Coast, the Army Corps said there was a two-and-a-half-mile-long drift field that was released when that bridge went. And that grand feeds right into the Missouri River. So, so this project, you know, obviously this was a, uh, you want to talk about a true design build? This was a true design build of a 270 foot long bridge from scratch with no plans, no equipment, no materials, and no idea what was even left to begin with. Wow. That, that's, where, that's where we were starting from at 7 p.m. on October the 1st. The water level dropped, and when that bridge went, the water level dropped a couple feet uh -huh. almost instantly as, as all that blew through. So we, we had to get you know, boats out there once, once enough of the drift cleared, and they were able to get there with the sonar to try to determine if the piers were left. And it was determined they were not. The piers were gone. We knew there was no piers. We knew where the, from the existing plans, you know, where the where the piers were. Yeah. We lost we lost three piers and four spans, which was, like, as I said, before, was a 270 foot long gap. We, like I said, we were starting from scratch. Massman Construction mobilized out of St. Louis on Friday, the fourth with their barges, with cranes and material. They mobilized upriver. They arrived on Monday the 7th. Hanson Engineering, along with Kevin and his bridge engineering team, worked pretty much around the clock on figuring out what we could do from a design standpoint, determining where the new piers could be located. We have relay spans, bridge spans, across the system for emergency use. We had to determine where we would bring bridge spans in from. We ended up loading up a 102-foot span in Pittsburgh on a flat car, a 79-foot span in Roanoke on a flat car. We trucked a 66-foot span from Alabama. And then we had this short 18-foot span on site out in Missouri. So we had to mobilize our, our, our relay or fit spans to move out there to use for the reconstruction. 
which we had the four spans on our property because we didn't know at first if we were going to be able to salvage the spans, which we were not able to at, at that time because of the water levels. We didn't know if we were going to have to fabricate spans. We, that's, we, were, we were going through three different, we were going on three parallel paths to determine what the best case was. Fabricate spans, get the spans out of the river that, that we lost and try to you know, restore them and reuse them, mm-hmm. or identify spans on our property that would, that would work. And the best solution was use spans we had on our property and design the pier spacing for those spans. So how did the construction of the piers go? So the construction of the piers was all done from the river, and we utilized it was massman construction, working hand-in-hand with Hayes Drilling out of Kansas City. And basically, we had to re- we had to build three piers. The first pier was a 12-pound bent. That was for the new Pier 3. Then we had to construct two drilled shaft piers for Pier 4 and Pier 5. Each one had a 60-inch diameter, excuse me, 72-inch diameter. Each one had two 72-inch diameter drilled shafts for Pier 4 and Pier 5. So what was it like working in a river that was very active due to all the flooding? So we worked hand-in-hand with Massman and Hanson to come up with the design. They were able to build a template and able to drive the template in with the spud pals that would, that you were, that would secure the two casings for each pier. They built two templates basically simultaneously for Pier 4 and Pier 5. The casings were driven in, were, were vibrating in the riverbed. They were then drilled into the riverbed. The steel reinforcing cages were, were set in. And then approximately 75 yards of concrete were used, were pumped in each shaft. And the first drilled shaft was done starting on Friday, October the 18th. And the last drilled shaft was finished on Tuesday, October 22nd. They would drill overnight. We would sit there do the vacuuming, pumping out, set the rebar and pump the concrete the next day, mm-hmm. drill the next night on the next shaft. And it was just a, it was a coordinated, well-planned effort. So you said it took just four days to build the piers, which is incredible. The piers are now in place, so what comes next? We were all, all this is taking place simultaneously. We were working with Course Lab out of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And Course Lab constructed, built, and, and poured the pre stressed concrete caps for all three piers. So as the piers were finished, they got the final designs, final measurements, and we had we had the caps delivered by truck out of out of course lab within 48 hours of the pier being constructed, and we started installing the spans we had as we went across. Progression was from east to west, mm-hmm. and we had to make modifications on the existing pier two 
and modifications to the existing Pier 6. The, the spans we have are a different depth than the ones that we lost. We didn't buy the pier to, to support So the last cap was delivered on the 25th. The span installations took place. We had the, earlier in the week, we'd already had the 18-foot span on the far east end installed. That went from the existing Pier 2 to the new Pier 3. That was 18 feet. And then on the 26th, We installed the new span from new Pier 3 to new Pier 4, which was a 66-foot-long span. On Sunday the 27th, we installed the final two spans, the 79-foot span from new Pier 4 to new Pier 5, and a 102-foot span from new Pier 5 to the existing modified Pier 6. So from start to finish, this bridge took a total of 27 days to complete. Can you talk about what was the biggest challenge for this project, if you can narrow it down to just one challenge? Well, there, there were multiple challenges. I mean, the, the biggest challenge is, number one, like I said, we didn't know what we, what we had to start with. No one expects to build a bridge in 30 days. We didn't know what the river level was going to do. The river cooperated as far as going down and staying down. Uh, but the biggest challenge was just the <clears throat> yeah, this. Like I said, this was a true design-build effort with no plans, no equipment, no materials. Right. It was. We had to get everything from literally from the riverbed up in place. Truly an amazing feat. We would like to thank Norfolk Southern and Ed Boyle for making all of this possible. That's a wrap for Rail Group On Air. From everyone here at Rail Group News, happy holidays, and we will see you in 2020.